Welcome to Maximize Your Social, actionable 10-minute advice on how your business can maximize your social media presence. Now, the host of Maximize Your Social, social media author, speaker, consultant, founder of Maximize Social Business, the Social Media Center of Excellence, and the Social Tool Summit, Neil Schaefer. Hey everybody, this is Neil Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Social. Continuing from last week's podcast where I talked about those areas where I think you should focus your social media efforts in 2015, I want to touch in more detail upon one of those areas where I see a lot of companies reaching out to me asking for help and just general alignment that I see happening with social business and companies utilizing social media internally. And I talk a lot about this convergence of information and communication which really defines social media. I want to talk about a different type of convergence and in some ways I am seeing and I saw this really beginning back in 2011 when I wrote Maximizing LinkedIn for Sales and Social Media Marketing talking about the need that every outward facing employee should be on LinkedIn. And when we think about outward-facing employees, we think about sales and marketing. And this is the alignment that I want to talk about and this convergence of trends that we see further developing in 2015 that I covered on last week's podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, I recommend you listen to that because I think it's going to give you a holistic perspective as to where today's topic is going to fit in the greater scheme of things. I want to take things back, roll back the clock. Some of you that know me know that before social media, I was in charge of launching sales organizations from scratch for foreign equity companies in Asia. So I speak Japanese and Chinese. Uh, Japanese I do use. I do have clients out there in Japan for social media consulting and for speaking. Chinese haven't been able to use that that much in social media. And there's obvious reasons. Um, If you don't know, a lot of the social media sites that we love are actually blocked in China unless you are using a VPN or virtual private network. But getting back to the topic at hand, I was really more on the sales business development side than the marketing side, although I had to wear many hats as sort of a regional vice president country manager. And I was in charge of all of our sales and marketing and customer support and all of our outward facing uh, activities in those regions of the world. And I remember that when I was talking to customers about our products and solutions and services, What I talked about that resonated with the customers was always a little bit different than the marketing materials that we had. And it's just a generalization for all the companies I worked at. In fact, I was often giving input to our marketing as to how they can better align their messaging with what I saw were the needs in the marketplace. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Perhaps that marketing messaging was made based on a few of our leading customers, a few of our largest customers that were in a particular industry in a particular region that resonated well with them, but not may not have resonated well outside of our target market. But nevertheless, there was always in being mainly from the sales department, there was always a bit of, you know, hey marketing, give us leads, give us messaging that works. And it was always sort of this internal battle. <laughs> and I think the battle is greater at some companies, less than others. But and I won't call it friction, but obviously, you know, marketing is there to generate leads, generate brand awareness, increase, you know, brand equity and, and sales is there to take those leads and really develop them into business and to close deals. So 
there's this alignment that never took place because the objectives of both departments are different. Although from a 36,000 foot view, they're all part of the greater process, which is how does this company increase our revenues, right? So in that aspect, they are the same, but they've really gone two different ways. Now with social media, we all know, and, and usually I talk about this when I talk about the evolution of social business, that social media started as an outward facing effort, mainly marketing, PR, Corporate communications, hey, we need to get on social media. We start need to start pushing our message out there. Um, and obviously what's happened over time is people have responded to the message to the point where a lot of the big consumer brands now do customer support over Twitter. They've had to – some brands have had to open up you know, multiple accounts on Twitter or on Facebook, what have you. And it's not just an outward-facing effort now. It's a two-way conversation. And those companies that recognize this earliest, I think, have been able to um, leverage social media better for their business. But what's happened, obviously, as social media becomes more of an inbound thing is that it starts to envelop other parts of your organization. So it might have started out with marketing, but now customer support is saying, hey, what do we do? Maybe there was an inquiry, you know, maybe there was a new lead generated from social media that's now passed on to sales. I always talk about community managers being like the ultimate quarterbacks in your organization, having to strategize where to throw the ball. Do I hand it off? Do I go for Hail Mary? And then always having to respond back to the social media user as to what the status of their inquiry is. But, you know, I'm sort of getting ahead of myself here. I want to get back to this, this notion of, of social business and evolving beyond that marketing department. And, and now what we see as more and more professionals are using social media, and we're all probably using it a little bit more professionally than we did a year or two ago, and with more internal departments using it, there's obviously a lot more collaboration that happens naturally. And I do believe part of that natural collaboration is a collaboration between sales and marketing. But it's really this push towards employee advocacy. And employee advocacy began in the blog post that I wrote, and I think I mentioned on the podcast from last week. It really began, you know, 2013-ish. Obviously, there's some companies like the Intels of the world that were doing it way before we even, you know, use the term a lot in, in the blogosphere and in social media. But, you know, it, it started to get really mainstream 2013, 2014. A lot of tools vendors coming out with solutions uh, and what have you. And employee advocacy was really, hey, how do we turn our internal employees into you know, champions of our brand and new brand advocates out there in social? And there's obviously a lot of value in doing that. And I've already written a free ebook on it, which you can get the link at if you go to my last week's blog post, uh, you know, on last week's podcast. But what's happened with employee advocacy is that you know, who are our most active users in social and who are our outward facing users. So it gets back to what I wrote about in 2011 is that if we're going to do employee advocacy, we can't force people to use social media. We want to be able to work together with those internally that are number one fans of our company, ideally, but number two, that are already on social media that would naturally see the benefits, the value in sharing our messages to the world because it enhances their personal branding. It makes them look like an expert and what have you. And there's no part of the organization outside of marketing where this is critical for than sales. Now, there's also this, this history that I see of a lot of you know, marketing executives reaching out to me, hey, our salespeople really don't get LinkedIn. We need to get them on it. And, you know, there's a lot of sales methodologies that are out there, the traditional ones like solution selling and what have you. And these were all created before social media. And we don't really see any new methodologies appear that really incorporate social media for all that you can leverage it for. We do have this concept of social selling, which 
I define as merely using social media to help enhance the toolbox that a salesperson has, right? To use it to accelerate, you know, developing relationships, to keep an eye on organizations, you know, to be seen as a thought leader, what have you. But without those new methodologies incorporated in social media, you know, sales is pretty much run like it always has been for a lot of organizations. Now, you do have some of the more forward-thinking, you know, startups that are doing growth hacking, what have you. But for the most part, sales methodology is still where it was a decade or two decades ago, even though the market has changed. So that's why I believe that marketing departments reached out to me saying, you know, Salespeople are still doing it the way you know they've been doing it for the last few years with these great tools, with the advent of social selling, there's a lot we can do. Can we bring you in to train our sales team on you know B2B social selling? Primarily using LinkedIn, but I talk about how you can use Facebook and Twitter and other platforms as well. So what happens in these trainings and those forward-thinking companies that reach out to me say, hey, we want you to train our salespeople, but we also want you to help enlist them in the sharing of our marketing messages. Okay. So what happens in a sales training is, you know, part of how you sort of establish thought leadership in your field, how you maintain mind share, how you build trust, how you deepen relationships in social media is through content. And so therefore, you know, the recommendation for social selling is that you want to be sharing content. Ideally, you know, part of the content is coming from your own company and, and really ideally it's even coming from yourself. But I don't expect that on most salespeople because I know they're, they're trying hard to close quotas. So you get to the point where social selling requires content. And for those marketing departments that reached out to me that didn't already have this advocacy concept where they sort of seen marketing as marketing sales does sales, I, at the end of these workshops and trainings, will go back to them in the middle of the training saying, you know, your salespeople are not going to expect more of you, expect you to blog more, to deliver more content to them that they can then share with their networks, with their customers, partners, etc. And now you see how if you want to jumpstart an employee advocacy program and you're looking for a place to start, it's with your sales team. And now sales savvy social selling sales professionals, <laughs> sounds like a tongue twister, realize that, wow, I, it's, it's great for me to be sharing content. And, and once they see the ROI of it, because they, they get you know, likes and comments, and the next time they go to a, a sales call, their client says, hey, you know, I, that was a great article. Thanks for sharing it with me. Whatever it might be, whatever anecdotal evidence there is, inevitably, I do believe they will see the ROI of doing it. And therefore, there's going to be an internal demand that salespeople don't have time to be curating content even less time to create content. So this is where there becomes an internal need for marketing to be delivering more content. And it really fits well into employee advocacy, right? Let it start with your sales department as part of a social selling program. So this is where we are in 2015. And this is why you see the development of all these different employee advocacy solutions that can help curate content as a service from your marketing department to all your departments internally. But if you make it primarily focused on sales, then you know the marketing messages have to be tweaked, but it, it becomes a lot easier to do. And you can then calculate your ROI from doing that pretty much directly you know, with each sales rep. In fact, you could put a unique tracker code with each sales rep that shares it. Uh, you can see who shares more, what delivered more leads and, and what have you. And once again, this comes down to all those different employee advocacy platforms and the analytics that they offer. 
But there's one thing missing here, okay? This is all great, everybody loves to hear it, but it requires, in order to close the gap between the realization of social business, of employee advocacy, and social selling, there has to be an alignment done between two organizations, and that is sales and marketing. Now, there's a lot of different methodologies about there about sales that I talked about. I learned sales, corporate, you know, B2B sales in Japan. And one of the things that I learned was when I went to see a customer, this is back in the 90s, right? I was a young green, you know, at a liberal arts college salesperson. But I realized that I wanted to deliver a little nugget of information to every time I went to a client meeting so that they would be anticipating my arrival. They would want to meet with me. They would make time to meet with me because they knew there was value in meeting with me because I was gonna bring them a little nugget of something that was gonna help them do their work better. That is sort of like content marketing before we had content marketing because this is real life, real social interaction. In Japanese, we call it omiyage. Omiyage is a souvenir. When you go traveling somewhere, you bring back omiyage or souvenirs for your close friends and close family. That's why you see a lot of Japanese stocking up the duty-free stores at international airports across the world, buying these you know, box chocolates that you and I might not, might not eat, but when they bring it back, it's, it's definitely part of this tradition, this custom, and it's greatly appreciated there. So that was my omiyage to my clients was always bringing something. And if it meant asking my engineers internally what they've been working on, if it meant, you know, while under NDA and not being able to expose customer names, what are some of the things that other companies in the industry are working on that they should be looking at that we had a product or service for, these were the things that I, that, that I looked at. Now, I think that most sales professionals would agree that it would be great if they had this type of information and maybe they've already been doing this. Now, what we're doing now with social selling and with the with salespeople actually sharing and publishing content is an extension of that. We're doing it now online. And by connecting with our clients and our potential clients, we are giving them the ability to access information. And therefore, we become that same thing that I became, which is someone that I want to meet, someone whose wall I want to visit every day, someone whose network updates I want to make sure appear in my newsfeed because I'm getting value from them. And this is where the alignment has to take place. Marketing now has to deliver content and it's, you know, the, the alignment is just not about social selling. It's about employee advocacy in general. You want to create content that others in your organization want to share because it helps them look better. Whatever it might be, whatever reason they're in for doing it, you have to make your employees look good. Whether it's a really, you know, funny and entertaining thing that they shared, whether it's a cool photo or whether it is an extremely valuable piece of content, right? Everything needs to be crafted as if it was an art because your employees branding are all on the line. And I'm hoping that those in marketing are opening up to that and, and taking a, a lot more serious look at the messages they make for employee advocacy over those general marketing messages that your general outward facing marketing messages that you have. So there's the alignment. Now, my advice on the alignment that has to take place is number one, you both have to be on the same page. And I think the more that salespeople can come and say to the marketing folks, hey, we, we're, you know, we've taken some trainings. This is how we're using LinkedIn, maybe some of the other platforms as part of our sales process. And we want to take it to the next step. We want to create a platform, purchase a tool, whatever it is. But we want to be you know, sharing more content to maintain Mindshare, to you know, help the folks out in marketing and in, in developing new leads and nurturing the leads we already have and closing business and maintaining customers. And we're ready 
if you can deliver the content to us, that makes sense to us. And the salespeople say, wow, this, this is something that my clients would really like to hear. Then it's a win-win, right? And therefore, it starts with, I guess before, it starts with education, that I think marketing needs to be better educated on employee advocacy and how to, it's not just, you know, using your employees to spam their networks. It is a true way of representing your employees to their networks. And hopefully, by showcasing your employees and that content in a good way, it rubs off on them or on their networks positively. So it's good for them and indirectly it, you know, gives your company a more positive look in the market as well. So it requires marketers to be on top of employee advocacy. It requires salespeople, especially sales management, to be on top of social selling. And I think once you're at that level, right, that step one education, one of the nine things I talked about that you need to focus your efforts on in 2015, then step number two is you have the communication. You're both on the same page. It comes down to maybe an operation issue, which is what's going to be the process here, which is another thing of the nine things I talked about that you need to do, need to focus on for 2015. But, you know, whether you buy a platform or you send out an email or, you know, put it up on, on an intranet, whatever it might be, that there is a, a need not only for marketing to help um, craft those messages, curate those messages, but also to align the messaging, getting back to that original experience I had in sales, which is the messaging was never the same as what we ended up using in the field, which we found most effective with our customers, is adjusting that messaging so that it really fits the need of the salespeople and therefore they will share it more and your program will be all the more successful because of it. So education, communication, alignment of the content and then, as in the spirit of you know Edwards Deming and, and PDCA, of really going back and having regular meetings, what worked, what didn't work. And the more that the marketers can show, and I'm assuming that marketing is going to be you know, managing this employee advocacy program of sharing content for social selling. It could be inside sales in some organizations, but coming back on a monthly basis saying, wow, due to your help salespeople, we were able to generate X number of impressions, X number of clicks, which generated X number of leads, which actually has already led to X number of deals in the pipeline with the potential value of whatever million dollars <laughs> or whatever hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's that last part of the loop, the feedback, which fuels the ROI, which fuels positive sentiment that's going to keep salespeople doing it continually. And it becomes a natural part of their workflow and of their sales process. Now, some of you may be wondering, wow, you know, how are you going to get salespeople that are busy trying to close their numbers? They're only as good as, you know, their last quarter's numbers. How are you going to get them to participate at all? Well, you know, like I said, if they're not savvy in social, they're not going to participate. But more and more of them are getting savvier with the advent of social selling. They're going to get there as well. And it really comes down to a very, very long-term approach, which takes it step by step by step, beginning with the education and not trying to force things forward until you have that in place, where then you can move on to the communication, the creation, the feedback mechanism. And there's a lot of other things you can do, like gamification, to try to sort of enhance it. But at the end of the day, if people in your organization don't see the ROI of doing it, they're not going to do it, right? They first have to be positive employees who, who want to help when we talk about employee advocacy in general. When it comes to social selling, it's even more important that salespeople do not want to waste their time. So my recommendation to all my clients is when you talk about this, 
specifically with bridging the gap and aligning your sales and marketing and, and social business, is really saying, hey, if you can devote five to 10 minutes a week, just spend one Friday, you can you know, choose a few messages to share, maybe share two or three a week, put them in buffer, whatever it is. Maybe have a lunch hour. Allow all the salespeople to come in during lunch one day a week and let us work together to help you, you know, curate, find, share, schedule a messaging. And maybe we train you as part of that. And, you know, employee advocacy, almost, you know, the people that are, are running the program almost have to become the internal educators. It almost becomes a, a social media center of excellence activity. That's inherently requires education of employees. And that's why I'm so passionate about the concept of a center of excellence. That's why I started my own social media center of excellence, socialmediacoe.com that you should look into as well. So, you know, some of my podcasts are shorter. I wanted to go into a little bit more depth because I think that the subject requires the depth. It's a little bit more complex of a concept to convey over a podcast. Be on the lookout for a blog post, which will go into, you know, a little bit more detail which you may want to read after listening to this. But regardless, this is the great alignment. And those companies that are able to make this alignment are going to excel in social business, beginning with alignment with sales. But it's also going to help their general employee advocacy program in many, many ways. So that's it. <laughs> that's actually just the beginning of, of a lot of work for a lot of you out there. But hopefully... I have fulfilled my promise of talking about this alignment and how to go about doing that alignment. I wish you all the best of luck in aligning. I'm going to keep on recording these podcasts as I see them based on the market, based on my clients, based on what I see, and I'm going to keep it real and try to give you, even though some of these podcasts may go a little bit longer than my promised 10 minutes, a lot of actionable takeaways that you can utilize today in your organization. That's it for this episode of Maximize Your Social. Coming to you from beautiful Orange County, California, wherever you are in the world, I wish you a great social day. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Maximize Your Social. We appreciate all of your iTunes subscriptions, ratings, and comments. If you would like to appear on this show or recommend content, please contact Neil Schaefer at neil at maximizeyoursocial.com. Please also make sure to check out Neil's new community, the Social Media Center of Excellence at socialmediacoe.com, as well as Neil's first social media event, the Social Tools Summit, which will be in Boston on May 12th. Thanks again, and make it a social day.